This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the It's Called Soccer Pod. My name is Tom. I am filling in today as host for Jake, who is out sick. We are wishing all the best to Jake as he makes a speedy recovery and joins us again soon. I am joined in Chattanooga, as always, by Ellie. Ellie, let's check in real quick. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, also kind of feeling the the not-too-greatness. Um, I'm a school teacher, and it's passing around. So Wow. It's, it's like, a time of year where, where it happens a lot. You know, I'm, I'm lucky I've avoided it, but it has been the brutally coldest weekend of the year so far in Pennsylvania, so I've been hiding away, uh, trying to stay warm, all weekend uh been good for keeping me healthy though so ellie let's go ahead and get into this week in u.s soccer it feels like there was a lot going on uh for just a normal week of yanks abroad action uh lots to talk about so let's go ahead and jump right in with some wraparound coverage of all things happening in yanks abroad action uh we're gonna go ahead and get started in the midweek uh we're gonna start with our our coverage in scotland where we had a couple of scotland midweek games in the spl uh, first, we tar- start with Rangers. James Sands is on the bench, and Malik Tillman uh, gets a goal in the midweek fixture. He's just having a great season so far. Uh, any thoughts on Malik Tillman's midweek game? I mean, he had a great performance. Um, loved his goal. Really super happy to see him back out there and see his name popping back up. Um, always love it. And, you know, he's one of those players that I just like to think has like a head made of gold every time he gets near a header he scores it's awesome uh it's 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 crazy to see it's hard to think that he's only 20 years old the future is bright for Flair or for um Ballot Tillman here um and there's more to come from him later on as we continue this recap uh we're gonna stay in Scotland here because Celtic gets another dominant win with Cameron Carter Vickers helping pitch another shutout for Celtic Moving into France on the midweek, Tim Weah is back in the starting lineup. Uh, unfortunately, Lille had a nil-nil draw in that game. We did have another Yank abroad in action in France on the midweek. Eric Palmer-Brown was part of a 4-1 defeat as Trois lost to Toulouse. Uh, France, another great spot for our young Americans. Ellie, any thoughts on our uh, Wednesday games in France? Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. I was just really excited to see Tim Weah put in his natural position, um, especially seeing him, he'll pop back up again later this weekend. Um, And I think 
his performance in the midweek is absolutely completely different from his performance at the end of the week at the weekend. And I think it absolutely has to do with his positioning. He had four shots on target when he's put in his natural position. He played super well, and he's probably one of the best attacking players on that field during for uh, Lille in that game. And I just, I, I think it says a lot about where he should be playing. And I think that um, we need to be putting him where he needs to be. You're absolutely right. I, I just wonder what in the world's going on with Lille that they have decided that Tim Weah is not their starting right winger, even though it's very clear every time you play him there that he looks really dangerous, especially in this game that ends nil-nil, probably not the result that Lille should have had. I think they probably had a winner in that game. I think, he, didn't Weah even hit the post at one point in that game? I think so. He His four shots, I mean, all of them are rockets. All of them are beautiful. He had one from pretty far out that, like, I was convinced more than one of them was going in. Um, it just was really, it was one of those instances where watching it, I was like, and why is he playing on the back line right now? Like, he had an amazing World Cup, and he comes back and immediately sees the bench and the de- the defensive line when he played on the wing in the World Cup and scored. Yeah. So... It's- one of those mysteries that I'm really not sure what's going on with Tim Weah, but kind of a frustrating thing happening to our boy in France. Uh, let's keep going, though. Those were all of our games on Wednesday. We will go ahead into Thursday. We're going to shift over to Spain, where we had Yunus Musa back in action for Valencia. Unfortunately, Valencia cannot hold off Real Madrid. They lose 2-0 in that game. Valencia's form is Really not great right now. They lost in the midweek. We're going to see them lose again today with Musa playing in the roster. Uh, Musa is a locked-on starter for them now, but are you happy with where he's at? Are you happy with Valencia? I'm not. Um, I mean, it, in the midweek, he draws a yellow from Benzema, which is great for him. Um, and, you know, he's such a solid player, and he's fought his way into the starting lineup, and I think it's getting time to for a move for him. Um, I think that he needs to be at a club that's winning. And currently that is not Valencia. When Valencia finds their run of form again, maybe they'll recom- they'll convince me to switch um, my thoughts there. But right now, I mean, I think that, I think it might be time for a transfer and it might be time to move maybe Lee? Lee? So see where, you know, there's, there's, there's interest out there. We can talk about that as we go. We will cover in this episode all of the transfer rumors that happened over this last window that is now closed. Um, there are definitely people who are interested in a move for Yunus Musa. But let's continue going Friday. There was really only two matches. We're going to pivot over to England, where we now have Fulham in action, our darling Fulham team that has now climbed their way into the top echelon of the Premier League table. They're fighting for a place in Europe, and they do it again this week with Tim Ream and Jedi Robinson holding a clean sheet against Chelsea and their million new players that they bought this window. Uh, you watched this match a little bit. What did what did you like about Tim Ream's performance? Tim Ream should go out for goalkeeper. Like, he went in goal, try, taking defense, stepping in, clearing balls. Like, I saw him multiple times. I mean, there was one save where he was the last defense before a goal and kept Chelsea from scoring. Um he shut down Kai Havertz the whole game, um, which is um like took Chelsea down, t- took Chelsea to a draw. Absolutely amazing job from him, and just a really great example of how he's a leader for that back line and for the whole team. Um, 
he he really had everything organized and was able to shut Chelsea out for the game. That's another that goal line clearance specifically. Uh, the entire back line was beat. Keeper was beat. He slides to home and manages to knock the ball away. Keep, preserves the clean sheet. It was in the 79th minute. You just that is the type of play that just sort of makes people love Tim Ream so much. It's the reason why we have done nothing but talk about how good Tim Ream is playing on this podcast over the last month and a half. The form continues. It's just amazing that when you watch Fulham, you come away just shocked that Tim Ream continues to get better despite being 35 years old and finding his form so late in his career. This is just such a great story, and it continues again. Uh, We're going to move... What? I did want to ask you about uh, Anthony Robinson's performance and what your thoughts were on his performance in that match. I didn't actually get to watch uh, this one. I was unfortunately in class. Um, but Robinson, from what I've heard, had a pretty good game. Um, continues to put on pretty great performances for Fulham and continues to have some transfer rumors surrounding him as well. Um, you know, he's been a solid Premier League left back for a while now and it's just sort of good to see that that trend is continuing fair enough yeah um there was one more match on friday that i wanted to touch on here and that was our game uh the game for west bromwich albion uh in the championship daryl dk starts there unfortunately they do fall one nothing uh to coventry city daryl dk's form has dropped a little bit in the last few weeks any thoughts on what's going on with daryl dk no, nothing really. I'm I'm hoping it's just a, a bad run of form and that he'll be back up and running again soon and we'll start seeing his name on the score sheet again. I think Daryl DK is an amazing striker. I think he's an amazing player and I would love to see his name on the score sheet every week. I think that he has potential to be the U.S. striker at some point. Um, and so every time I see his name on the score sheet, I get excited and every time I don't, it makes me a little sad. It, it, he's such a unique player in the pool that it's really, and his personality is so great. It's really hard not to root for him. Uh, these last few matches haven't been his best, but hopefully we can see him turn it around here in the near future, get the West Brom back in the win column. Let's go ahead and continue on into Saturday, which is probably the best day of the week for us as Yanks abroad fans. Uh, we're going to start with Arsenal. Arsenal, unfortunately, doesn't do us who are rooting for Leeds to stay up any favors as they fall to Everton. Everton's new manager, Sean Dykey, gets a win in his debut. Matt Turner watches this game from the bench. Unfortunately, that brings Everton level on points with Leeds. Leeds is still ahead of them and outside of the relegation zone, just on goal difference, which is just making us sweat more and more. Let's continue on to another game in the Premier League, though, where Chris Richards, our other Premier League center back continues to start and play for Crystal Palace. In this one, they fall 2-1 to Manchester United. Ellie, did you get to watch Chris Richards this week? I did. I did. I was lucky to get to sit down and watch his performance, and I think he had a fantastic performance. Um, I think he kept Marcus Rashford, who has been on an absolute tear in the Premier League so far this season. I think he kept him locked down, kept him out of... Uh, the box and was able to do a pretty good job making sure that it could have been a much worse score I think in my opinion without Chris Richards on that field and I think that he had a very solid performance what do you think Thomas did you get to watch it I watched that one as well and you know there was outside of one moment I thought he played pretty well Rashford did actually get on the score sheet he scored the second goal that proved to be the game winner Uh, Richards was 
the closest player to Rashford, and I think he just stepped a little too close to his keeper, didn't keep a high enough line to sort of have a chance to challenge that particular shot. But um, besides that, I was really impressed with what I saw from Richards. He continues to be extremely physical, to not have any troubles with the physicality of the Premier League. He continues to be rock steady at the back, both in his defensive positioning, in his uh, work rate, and especially in his possession. You sort of notice a lot that he is a very comfortable player on the ball. There's more than one occasion where he's pressured with the ball. Instead of making an easy pass back to the goalkeeper, he sort of waits, waits for the movement to sort of uh, open up a lane for him and then makes a progressive pass that then starts an attack or helps relieve some of the pressure that Manchester United was all too happy to put on Palace. It was not Palace's best game in general, so I thought Richard stood out as a very competent player, um, which is good to see. This is only his fourth or fifth appearance in the Premier League this season, and he already looks up to the task. It's There's a reason he was player of the month last month for Crystal Palace. Uh, unfortunately, they did lose this one. However, there was an event that is going to make life a little bit easier for Leeds down the road. We'll talk about Leeds' performance here in a bit, but Casemiro does get sent off in this game for trying to strangle a Palace midfielder, uh, two hands on the throat, is going to be a red card, even probably in a U.S.-Mexico game, which is saying something for how those games have gone in recent years. Um, that means that he will be suspended for both of the next two Leeds United-Manchester United matches, which are coming up here in the near future. He's been one of the anchors of that Manchester United midfield this year. Do you think that this helps Leeds going into those two matches? Oh, absolutely. Um, especially with just having that signing of Weston McKennie and seeing him out in that midfield engine. I think that he, I think that having Casemiro out um, gives a much more open field to Tyler Adams. It gives our attackers a much better shot at moving through. I think it just opens everything up just a little bit more uh, and hopefully forces Manchester United to have to think just a tad bit more about their defense and about who's moving the ball from one box to the other. Yeah, I, I think that the, you're right here that this has the chance to be a very good thing for Leeds. You know, I think that the Leeds midfield is underrated, especially with the recent signing of Weston McKenney. I think that they can, especially as they move forward, they didn't look great today. Um, I think that they're going to start to find their footing and they have the potential. They've looked really good against the top, the big six clubs in England this year. They have the potential to give Manchester United a lot of problems, especially without Casemiro on the field. But we'll see how that plays out. Those are two of the next three matches that Leeds and Manchester United will play. So some really exciting fixtures coming up in the near future. Let's continue with our wraparound covers, though. Let's move away from the Premier League and drop down into the championship where we have a Norwich City in action and not in a good way. Uh, American manager David Wagner and striker Josh Sargent both contribute to a 3-0 loss to the leaders of the championship, Burnley. Things are going wrong in Norwich. Uh, Norwich here, uh, not great to see. Josh Sargent's form has dipped a little bit. Are we starting to be able to get a little concerned about Norwich City right now? I don't. I personally don't think so. Um, I I like to think it's just a bad run of form, and they'll find their footing and and keep on going. But I mean, they got to prove that in the next coming matches. So I guess we'll see. Um, I'd like to see Sargent get his footing back. And I mean, striker is such a hard position because. Some weeks you got it, and some weeks you don't. And it's one of those that, you know, you can go on an amazing run of form, and you can be awesome for a while, and then you can 
fall out for a little while. It's just a very up and down position. We see it all the time with our strikers. Yeah, we do. Um, and especially with the new manager and trying to figure out where he's playing these days. Bot Mob had him in a two striker system with Timu Puki. I'm not sure that, that really suits him as as his best position. It might would be better if he could be the solo striker, but it's hard to bench a club legend like Timu Puki. So we'll continue to track how that evolves over the next few weeks. Uh, let's go on to two other matches in the championship. We have our goalkeepers in action, Ethan Horvath of Lutontown and Zach Steffen of Middlesbrough. Both of them putting in clean sheet performances. Their clubs are both pushing to try and get into that promotion playoff zone. You know, if you've seen the, the, the championship table of late, that top 11 teams are just clustered right together. There's not much difference between being in that promotion playoff and being mid-table in the championship. Do you think that Horvath and Stefan have what it takes to get their teams in that uh, promotion playoff at the end of the year? I think they both do. Horvath had a beautiful midweek match that we didn't mention against Cardiff City where he had four gorgeous saves and fought absolutely tooth and nail to try and keep a win and was successful and had another really great game against Stoke City this week. I I think that he absolutely has what it takes to keep them moving forward. Um, Zach Steppen, just the same, has a really has a fight um, and keeps middle keeps Middlesbrough moving forward and allows them the win. Um, so I mean, I think we got we got two goalkeepers who are keeping form, who are keeping the the goal safe and. I mean, that's that's what it takes, right? Yeah. Do you, do you want to see any of them in upcoming U.S. camps? I want to see Horvath. I definitely want to see Horvath moving up and continuing to have his place. Um, I think that he is a an amazing goalkeeper. Um, his One of his saves against Cardiff City, I mean, full extension off the ground in the air, beautiful save um, that, whew, it was beautiful to watch, and I was in awe seeing it. Um, so I mean, I think that he absolutely deserves the call, deserves the call up, and he's done well every time he's been brought up to the team. So I absolutely see him getting more starts with the U.S. Men's National Team. Do you have any out of the two that you'd like to see the call up for? I think we got to get both a look. If you are playing this well in the championship, and both of them, Stefan's form has turned around. He's playing a lot better now. Um, then you need to be getting a look for the U.S. I think that regular minutes is important. As much as I love Matt Turner, and he's still the clear starter in competitive tournaments like the Copa America. I would really like to just see us, especially move, looking towards tournaments this summer, look at some goalkeepers who are going to be in form and coming off good seasons. So, yeah, I want to see both of them at some point in the near future. They both earned more call-ups for me. Let's continue over to another league. Let's head to Spain for a very surprising uh, turnaround for our man Luca De La Torre at Celta Vigo. They get a 4-3 win against Real Betis. Luca De La Torre gets a second start and a second assist on the next on the last few weeks for Celta Vigo. Ellie, how do you feel about Luca De La Torre these days? He has done very well. Um, the His assists lately have been absolutely beautiful. I mean, from the outside foot this week, outside of the foot, right where it needs to go, perfect for that assist. Poof. Awesome to see. I was just, how do you do that? I've been skeptical that he would put it together in Spain, but he's definitely put it together in the last few weeks, taking advantage of the opportunities given to him. 
hard to see him not getting more opportunities to succeed in La Liga. I think that the league really suits him. Celta Vigo seems to be finally uh, under their new manager, suiting his play style pretty well. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes uh, from here. I hope that he continues to get more minutes. Continuing going uh, on our wraparound coverage, we got to talk about Germany, where we just had an excellent um, weekend match slate. Uh, we're going to start with Borussia Dortmund. Gio Reyna comes off the bench again, but picks up his third goal in three appearances for Dortmund, this time capping off a 5-1 drubbing of Freiburg. Did you see this goal? I did. It went through so many people. I lost track of the ball as it was going, and I honestly, it, it took me a second to realize that he had even scored, um, but it had gotten through. So Yeah, that's one of those where you just hit the ball and hope good things happen. It's just a beautiful curling shot that Meg's one guy, keeper really doesn't see it till late, doesn't really have a chance to do much about it. A great finish from Gio. His form continues to be so good coming off the bench. Hopefully he gets back in the starting lineup here soon for Dortmund because it's hard to think he hasn't earned it. Although Terzic did say that he is not 100% fit, so they are being very cautious with him. Do you think that's a good idea? I think that it's a good idea. So far, he's proven to be an amazing super sub, um, and I'd like to see him continue as a super sub because every single time he hits the field, it makes a difference. Um, I mean, if it's working, keep it going, right? So I'd like to see him continue in the super sub position and see him coming in and making goals there at the end and shutting out teams that, you know, maybe we started out with a kind of iffy result and we end with a win because we brought Reyna on and it makes all the difference. Yeah, it's hard to argue, though, that if he's scoring at this rate, you you got to see what he can do with more minutes as soon as he's able to. We don't want him hurt again. So while he's not healthy, I'm fine with this role, but... As he starts to get healthier, you really do start to have to see him in the starting lineup. Just see what he can do for much longer. With, with much longer runs, he might be able to impact the game even more. Uh, I think he can impact the game even more. Reina is a supremely talented player. One of the most talented players in the pool. So hopefully he starts getting some starts for Dortmund as soon as he's able. Continuing in the Bundesliga, Jordan Pifok has lost his starting spot, but he does get the game winner for Union Berlin to get them in the send them to the top of the table for less than 24 hours. Jordan Pifok maybe starting to find his form again is great news for us and for Union Berlin who are right there in that title fight. Do you think that they have a chance to catch Bayern Munich? Bayern's a tricky one. Um they've they've got a really really solid team. Um so it it can go either way, but I mean Seeing Peapot go and take that goal and send them send them to the top of the table, gotta inspire you a little bit and kind of hope for for a victory for Union Berlin there. I I've been sort of a sort of uh not one of Peapot's bigger critics of late, just because you know he hadn't been doing a whole lot with his minutes before the World Cup. He had had a great run of form at the start of the season for Berlin, but he was among the luckiest players in Europe when you look at his goals minus his expected goals. So seeing him sort of get another goal, get back on the score sheet, hopefully he can create some consistent danger and start to sort of put up the XG that matches his goal output. Uh, it would be really great to see him starting and scoring consistently, because they're also creating consistent danger, which I think is a better recipe for success in the Bundesliga. Berlin is having a heck of a season. You love to see it. Hopefully they can end Bayern Munich's run. We'll see if it can happen, though. It's still a long season to go. The Bundesliga is just coming back. 
staying in the Bundesliga, Joe Scali plays and starts and goes 90 minutes for Borussia Mönchengladbach. They draw nil-nil with Schalke in the Bundesliga. Ellie, you watched this for a little bit. Any thoughts on Joe Scali? Nope. I mean, it's always a good note when you watch a game and you don't know and you notice the defenders are doing what they're supposed to and everything is functioning fine. I watched for a little bit and Joe Scali and the whole defensive line seemed a-okay. I was very happy with that. That was my my sign that everything is good. <laughs> it's it's just a good sign that he continues to be trusted to go 90 minutes in the Bundesliga. He continues to put in good performances with those 90-minute appearances in the Bundesliga. He's still a very young player, and seeing him be trusted this much with the team is a great sign of good things to come in his future. I think Scali is a talented player. He's going to be competing heavily for U.S. minutes going forward. Let's continue. Let's move back away from the Bundesliga and head back to France. We're going to go back to the guys we talked about at the beginning of this. Eric Palmer Brown and Timothy Weah both end up. Uh, oh, Palmer Brown starts. Weah ends up coming off the bench. Lille gets the win. Palmer Brown and Trois lose 3 1 to Lyon. Going to move very fast through some other games that has sort of round out our Saturday slate. Manchester United transfer target. And Utrecht star Taylor Booth uh, starts for Utrecht in their 1-0 win. Uh, he gets his name chanted by the crowd as he substituted out. Malik Tillman comes in in Scotland and bags another header goal for Rangers. Uh, they end up winning 2-1 over Ross County. Ellie, anything to say about Palmer Brown, Timothy Weah, Taylor Booth, or Malik Tillman? Nothing. Nothing other than that Taylor Booth's chant. Solid chant. Absolutely love to see it. And just love to see Taylor Booth getting some minutes coming in and being such a, such a solid player. Um, hope to see more of him. I think he's got a bright future, and it's, I'm happy to have him on the radar and see him succeeding. Certified star player for Utrecht right now. He has been their best player all season. It's great to see the crowd loving him that much. Um, very rare that an American is that much of the focal point of their team. Let's really quickly go through our Sunday slate of games. Celtic continues to dominate. They win 4-1. Cameron Carter-Vickers gets another start in that win. We have a few other players starting across Europe. Heading back to the Netherlands, Ricardo Pepe gets a start for Groningen. Yunus Musa starts for Valencia. Has a 1v1 chance alone with the keeper that is saved. Uh, we also had Kevin Paredes coming off the bench for Wolfsburg against Bayern Munich and putting in a solid shift in a 4-2 loss. Last but not least... Our Leeds lads were in action today. Tyler Adams starts for Leeds. Weston McKenney comes off the bench, makes his Premier League debut, plays about 35 minutes. Brendan Aronson, unfortunately, is not able to see the field, but somehow does make the bench. It was reported after the game that he somehow makes the bench after recovering from appendicitis on Wednesday. That's a crazy recovery time. Uh, unfortunately, Leeds loses 1-0 to Nottingham Forest on a very fluky finish. We watched this match together. It was it was an okay match, but I think Leeds left a lot to be desired, particularly in the attacking third. I absolutely agree. Um, I think that the beginning looked very, very disjointed, very um, sporadic. Um, once we brought in some new midfielders, I think it calmed down a little bit, but we definitely weren't able to um, get, those, get the ball up into that attacking third and finish anything. Um, part of that, I believe, probably was... Nottingham Forest parking the bus. Uh, every time I looked when we were attacking, there was like a whole team in the box. 
Uh, they defended very well and did a valiant, had a valiant effort. Um, but we also, Leeds needs to have, we got to come out attacking much stronger. if We're going to keep moving up the table. Yeah, it's starting to look a little dicey. Jesse Marsh is on the hot seat now after this one. They are only ahead on goal difference over Everton right now, sitting in 17th place. Nottingham Forest was only three points ahead of them, but this does push Nottingham Forest about six points clear now into 13th place on the table. It would have been very nice to have those positions reversed. Uh, unfortunately, that's not what happens today. So you got to think Marsh has got to be feeling the pressure a little bit, especially with all of these new signings. Bamford did not have a particularly good game. What were your thoughts on Weston McKenney's debut, though? I thought he was fantastic. I thought he came in, and like I said, we had a very sporadic, very chaotic midfield, chaotic whole team, and he seemed to calm everyone down. He seemed to always be making the right pass, his running everywhere he needed to be, and it was really, really nice to see him working with Tyler Adams. Um, every single time he passed to Adams, my my U.S. men's national team supporting heart was just so excited and so ready to see, you know, Yanks in action abroad. Um, but on top of that, it was really, really nice because he would step into Adams' roles on occasion and get to kind of take some pre- some of that, um, some of Adams' positioning and some of his job of cleaning up messes, always being there, got to take a little bit of pressure off of Adams for a while. And so it was very, very nice to see. And I am really excited to see him in full form, completely in the Premier League and hitting the ground. I mean, he hit the ground running, but I'd like to see where he continues from here. I, I wouldn't go as far as fantastic, but I think it was definitely a solid shift. I really did like what I saw from him, particularly in possession. Um I don't think he was up to sort of the full 90 minutes of the game yet, but we'll see how he grows and develops into a player here in the the Premier League. I do think that he's going to find his footing pretty fast. Hopefully, I think this is a performance too for the, gives him something to build on. So hopefully we see him continue to build and hopefully dig leads out of that relegation fight, which is now becoming more and more desperate by the match. They need to get something in the near future. Like we said, Manchester United coming up, maybe they can steal a point or two from those matches, maybe they can get a win uh, in the near future, too. They've only won two of their last 17. Very concerning for Jesse Marsh. That pretty much ends our transfer, our, our wraparound coverage of Europe. So let's go ahead and talk about this transfer window that ends ended very quickly. Then we're going to move on to some other segments. Ellie, you may compile a list for us of every single transfer that happened this winter window in Europe. Let's go ahead and hear those names real quick and where they headed so that we can talk about this window and how it went. So we have quite a few moves this this window, um, starting with Paxton Aronson from Billy Union to Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, around December 17th, he makes that switch um, right before the World Cup happens. Um, at the same time in December, we have Gaga Slonina making the move from Chicago Fire to Chelsea to start training with them. Um, around the beginning of January, we also have Jordi Mihailovic from CF Montreal to AZ Alkmaar um, and Tomkinson um, from Norwich to Stevenage. Steven, Stevenage. Stevenage. Oh, um, <laughs> We have, within the January transfer window, we have Indiana Vasilev from Aston Villa to St. Louis City, moving back to the MLS. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and mention there that that one, he did play last year for Inter-Miami. So, uh, 
uh, that one he I think the uh, does end up happening as a draft pick and not as a full transfer from uh, Aston Villa. Fair enough. Well, building on our loans then and on our not full uh, transfers, let's talk about Matthew Hoppy moving on loan from Middlesbrough out to Hibernia. Um, moving out. Hibernian. Hibernian. Thank you. Thank you. Still getting all the names. Still getting all the names. Um, and so we see him out on loan near the end of the transfer window. Um, also moving, we have John Brooks from Benfica out to Hoffenheim. Um, and our final, probably biggest, most talked about move, Weston McKinney moves from Juventus to Leeds. And that is also a loan as well. Brooks goes on a free transfer. Thank you for recapping all of that, Ellie. I just want to briefly mention that this window was very chaotic, a lot of rumors swirling around, but not a lot ends up happening. We only have a couple players from the World Cup or you know, big, prominent U.S. players making moves within Europe. Are you surprised by how few moves happen this window? I am. As I started reviewing and getting the list and working through all of it, I thought it was far more, and I felt like I was missing names the entire time. Um, And so I feel like there should have been more. Um, There were so many rumors spread around, and there were so many names that I thought we would see move that it just didn't happen. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. We heard every name from Tim Weah to Tyler Adams to Eunice Musa, Haji Wright. Some big names who were rumored to be in, uh, close to moves or had pl- parties interested in making big uh, purchase moves for them end up falling through uh, or not really being close to reality. Um, I, I think that maybe we start to see those in the summer, but it's a little surprising that right after the World Cup, you don't see this flurry of activity, which traditionally is what happens after the World Cup ends. Now, part of that might be the the different timing of the World Cup this year. Um, but I agree. I think they're, especially seeing the performances of our players in the World Cup, um, I think that we, it's a little strange to not see and to hear as much rumor as there was and not see most of those rumors come through or see anything come of any of them. Yeah, I ho- hopefully we see some of these te- players making moves. I think that there's a list of them that, could have used transfers that didn't end up making them for one reason or another. I want to really quickly uh, ask you to give, let's give you uh, your biggest winner from this transfer window, who you thought made the best move or had the best sort of change in fortune or even stayed the same and that was good for them, and who had the was the biggest loser of this transfer window, which player got a move that was poor or didn't get a move that they really needed. Um, let's see. For me, I think the biggest winner has to be Weston McKenney. Um, getting to join a team that has so many U.S. men's national team players and also has a U.S. coach getting to move into the Premier League, I think it's a big move for him. And I think that that's going to be an absolute game changer for him. And I think it's going to really help his form. And I think it's going to skyrocket his everything. Um, hoping that Leeds stays up and continues to stay in the EPL. I think that it absolutely makes a difference in his career moving forward. Um, as for biggest loser, um, I think the person who didn't, who kind of got gypped the most out of this transfer transfer window was Christian Pulisic. Um, I think he absolutely deserved a move away from Chelsea with whatever is happening there in this season. Um, I think that, that he deserves a look from so many clubs and we heard so many rumors about so many different places looking at him. And no move yet. Um, now, 
whether he stays or goes in the summer, who's to say? Um, but there was such a big flurry of transfers at Chelsea and to not see Christian Pulisic even get a, any kind of mention or anything was a little bit heartbreaking. Um, what about you, Tom? What did you think? Yeah, I keep in mind Pulisic was hurt, but yeah, both of those are good shouts for biggest winner and biggest loser. My biggest winner is going to be John Brooks. He hadn't really played a competitive match for over a year now. He'd fallen out at Wolfsburg. He tried it at Benfica, never broken through. All of a sudden, he makes a move to Hoffenheim and walks into their starting lineup. He started two matches in a row for them. Uh, not great results for Hoffenheim, but he's getting minutes now. He's playing professional soccer again. Um, he's back in the Bundesliga, which is, I think, a spot where he's comfortable. So this is just a really good chance for him to get his career back on track after a very sudden derailment back at middle of 2021. I think my biggest loser is going to be Timothy Weah. We've talked about it a lot. He keeps he's fallen to the bench. He keeps playing left back or right back or being subbed in in weird positions. I think that it was really time for him to get a move out of Lille. Um, it didn't really end up materializing at all, which is very unfortunate. I, I think that it's time for him to move on from Lille and try somewhere else where he can be the consistent starter for his team. That's just really not his reality at Lille right now. I think there's an honorable mention to be made, though, for Haji Wright, who I think surprised everyone by making the World Cup roster and surprised at least me by how well he played in his minutes at the World Cup. I would have thought that this would be the perfect time to sort of cash in on that and cash in on his success in Turkey and make a big money move. Unfortunately, he got hurt at the wrong time and it really just ended up derailing the whole transfer window for him. So maybe that's a player that we look to in the summer like Christian Pulisic who might be able to get a move away from a situation that I think could be improved. So we'll look at the summer window. It was an exciting winter window. Um, lots of things are going to happen going forward as we move to the second half of the season. It will be a furious sprint to the finish. Some exciting soccer to follow. We'll have to follow some of these new transfers as they try and succeed at new clubs. One other segment we want to do here today, we have got the results from the first community roster poll for the 2026 World Cup cycle. As longtime listeners of the pod will be, uh, will remember all of last year, we were asking the Discord for everyone to name their 26-man World Cup roster and compiling the results into one big community roster poll to see who our community thought should be on that plane to Qatar. Uh, with the 2026 cycle officially starting this month, we asked the same question, who should be on, I guess, the charter bus? is going to move around the U.S. and go to the various games that are played on home soil at the 2026 World Cup. And while the results are in, I'm going to go ahead and put them up here on the screen. Uh, un almost surprisingly, the starting 11 is almost unchanged from what it was back in November when we asked this right before the World Cup. Christian Pulisic, Ricardo Pepe, and Tim Weah lead the front line of our attack with McKenney Musa Adams unchanged as our midfield for uh, the MMA midfield expected to continue into the 2026 World Cup. The back line sees uh, Walker Zimmerman fall out of the starting lineup for Cameron Carter-Vickers, but the rest stays the same with Anthony Robinson at left back, Chris Richards at center back, Serginho Des at right back, and Matt Turner is the preferred starting goalkeeper. Moving to the bench, uh, Gaga Slanina makes his first appearance on the roster poll as a substitute goalkeeper. Ethan Horvath is the other substitute goalkeeper. Our backup outside backs are suggested to be Joseph Scally and Jonathan Gomez. At backup center back, we have Miles Robinson and Austin Trusty. Johnny Cardoso is the backup defensive mid, our second six. Luca Della Torre and Gio Reyna are our preferred 
backup midfielders with Brendan Aronson and Alejandro Zendejas making his debut as a backup winger. And the backup striker is Josh Sargent with our last three in being Ma Malik Tillman, Jordi Mihailovic, and Daryl DK. Ellie, what are your thoughts on this roster poll? Do you, do you think we created a good roster this month? I think we created a fantastic roster. I absolutely think that um, this is this is so close to what I would have for our starting roster. Um, I think that it for my starting roster for World Cup 2026, I think that it's amazing. Um, and I think that we're all pretty much in agreement for uh, what we would like to see moving forward. Um, what do you think? Uh, who do you think of this roster is the most likely player to hit and the most likely to bust? There are some bold predictions here. Everyone from Johnny Cardoso to Joe Scali to uh, Jonathan Gomez particularly stands out to me. But who, who is most likely to succeed and be on the plane from this list of particularly substitutes? And who do you think is going to fall off in the next four years? I mean, I I think it's so hard to choose just one. I mean, I think that for sure, I think Adams gets on that gets on the the charter bus and moves around the U.S. Um, gets on the plane, comes and joins. Um, I, I wonder a little bit about, um, our striker feel just because our striker positions are so up and down. I have a really hard time, um, supporting any one striker that's going to be there. I hop, I feel like I hop strikers almost once a week. Um, personally, I would, I would call, um, Valer and Balligan in. For someone who's going to be on that on that charter bus and who's going to be in, I think that he has a really bright future. This week, he made his first professional hat trick, um, and I just think, I think he, I think he's going to be on that bus. And I, I know he's not on the list, but I think that he's he's got to be on there. Um, yeah, I, I think that his name definitely is on there. I think if I were to choose, I think he was actually on my roster as my third striker. Um, it's very hard to leave him off given how well he's playing. He's the golden boot leader in France. We didn't even mention him in our uh, wraparound coverage, but he's on fire right now. And if he commits to the U.S., I think he's automatically in contention for the starting spot. Um, I think that's probably one of my big changes. I feel like we're uh, our center back pool and our left back pool are still very up in the air. I'm not convinced about Austin Trusty or Jonathan Gomez continuing their four to be on the plane. It still remains to be seen if Miles Robinson will recover and be the same player. So... There are uh, names that I think could change easily um, within that sort of defensive line. It was really interesting to see Malik Tillman and Georgi Mihailovic make the bench as last three in because basically no one was selecting defenders for those positions yet. So it just sort of goes to show you how up in the air our defender, defender position is, positions are for backup slots that there are just so many names and no one's sort of standing out right now. It'll be sort of a very close field to see who uh, ends up taking those last few spots but I do think the starting lineup is pretty uh pretty a safe bet to at least make the plane uh, you can see clearly the incumbency status that these guys have they earn the benefit of the doubt that they are good players they're young players they look to be growing into becoming you know players in the prime of their career at the right time for this world cup so it's a it's a great roster and I'm gonna be really interested to see how this changes going forward it is you know the first one we're gonna do but we're gonna try to do this monthly Every single month until the 2026 World Cup, we'll have some awesome data to see how this grows and evolves over time. See when players, you know, hit great runs of form and sort of become popular or sort of fall off the map and sort of lose their favor with U.S. fans as we move through the next few years. Um, 
with that said, I want to go ahead and move on through our segments. We had a suggestion to change up our power ranking uh, segment a little bit. We were suggested that instead of doing it by just listing our power rankings every single week, we should try it as a draft. Now, I think this probably would work a little bit better with Jake uh, in the field, but let's go ahead and try and make a Ellie, are you down for trying to draft of our power rankings this week to see how this goes? Absolutely. Let's do this. All right, cool. Let's go ahead and try this. So the so the criteria here is we're going to be drafting players based on their performances this season, the last few weeks, Yanks abroad style. Um, any player who's been playing in Europe or outside of the MLS is eligible to be selected here. Uh, once a player's been selected, they can't be selected again. Because there's only two of us, I don't think we're going to do the snake style, so we're just going to alternate back and forth with our picks. Um, I'm going to take notes on our picks so that we have a record of who we picked so we can talk about it later. Uh, as soon as I find a spot of paper, this piece of paper will have to do. Um, okay, so first thing that we are going to do is randomly generate a starting picker. So I have... Um, created a or gone to a random number generator here and we're just going to draw one name from a list of two and whoever does that will pick first uh and we'll go through this for six rounds okay cool so i am first pick of the draft <laughs> i promised that was not rigged i went to a website that i had no control over so but let's go ahead and start it off with my first pick i'm gonna take the name that you expect me to take here the captain of Fulham, the man of the hour, the player who has led his team to the seventh place spot in the Premier League table, Tim Ream, is my first pick. And I really, it's hard to argue that anyone else is deserving to be the first name off the board here. He's been so good in the last few weeks. He had that amazing goal line clearance for Fulham against Chelsea. Just in such good form right now. Ellie, who are you taking in round one? Tyler Adams. I am taking Tyler Adams. I just, I, I mean, I've said it once. I'll say it again. Um, I, I love watching Tyler Adams. I think that he is just the backbone of needs. I think it was very clear today that he was the person making sure that everything worked and making sure that all the fires were prone out and every, like, it could have been a much worse match. And I think that Tyler Adams keeps everything under control. And so for that reason, I just, top of my list, top of my list. All right, cool. First round is done with Reem and Adams coming off the board. I'm getting a pick in the second round. I could steal a pick from you. I know where you're going with your second pick, uh, I think. But I'm not going to do it. Just I'll be kind here because I actually prefer to take um, Chris Richards with my second pick. Chris, again, puts in an excellent performance for Crystal Palace, despite them losing to Manchester United. He continues to be an excellent Premier League center back for a team that is mid-table right now, so it's hard to bet against him as a player that's just in excellent form. He deserves that second-round pick. I think he probably would have been a first-round pick if we had Jake here. I agree. I agree. Um, For my second-round pick, I'm taking Valerian Balogun. No surprise here how much I love Valerian Balogun and how much I think that he's going to... I mean, I think if he quits the U.S., I think that he's clear shot for our starting striker. And I just think his midweek Patrick absolutely beyond a doubt 
puts him in the top of our draft. I think that he is a fantastic player and he is on such a good run of form. I absolutely have him at the top of my list. That's a good pick. I I could see why you would go there. He definitely was in that range where he had to be somewhere in the first few rounds. He's just on fire right now. Golden boot leader in France. Um, third round starting now. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Gio Reyna off the board. Um, give me Gio Reyna in my third slot. Um, he has now got three goals in three games. It's hard to really doubt how well he's been playing right now. It's just great to see him back and playing this well uh, this season with Dortmund. It's a good pick. That's a really good pick. Um, I think with my third round pick, I'm going to take Weston McKenney. Um, oh, wow, really? I am. I think I am. I think that just part of this might just be my absolute excitement. I mean, got the Leeds jersey on and all. Like, I just, I think part of it is just my excitement with seeing him start and seeing him get in the EPL um, and seeing him have, you know, a fairly decent beginning. Um, and I just really excited to see where he goes and so where he goes from here and all the positivity moving forward. So I just, I think that he's got to be up in the top. Wow, I had him as a, way further down my draft board than you did. Just, you know, only 35 minutes, just making a transfer. Um, But I, I a solid pick. You know, you can't really argue with anyone getting minutes in the Premier League being near the top of this list. Um, All right, so let's head into round four now. This is where it starts to get really tricky because there's only a few names left who I think are... Uh, like obvious selections off the board, and then you sort of could quibble over a bunch of names here. But I think that the next up for me has to be Luca Delatori. Uh, I'm really, really shocked that I get both Reyna and Delatori because I did not think that was going to happen. Um, but I'm going to take Delatori next. He has uh had two assists this season so far in La Liga. He's just sort of starting to get his starts and um get minutes with his club. I think that he's got big things headed ahead of him this season. He's been in great form lately, so it's uh, I think a no-brainer pick in that he's fallen this far. I think that's a great pick. Um, I, I absolutely agree with you there. I think for my fourth-round pick, oh, this is so hard. I have such a, I have a list of names, and I'm so excited about all of them. Um, I think I'm going to take Ethan Horvath with my fourth-round pick. Actually, wow, you are I, me. You're going about this in a very different way than I did. I think he had, I, having seen the Cardiff, the saves he had against Cardiff City, I am blown away by his performance. He has reconvinced me. He, in my line, in my book, he jumps over Sean Johnson in my, in my goalkeeper's list. And I just, I think that he did so well. And I absolutely think he's had such a good week that, yeah, he takes my fourth round pick there. Are you sure about that? I am absolutely positive. All right. Okay. Wow. You you and I very much approach this differently because I cannot believe that the name that I am about to say is still here in the fifth round, um, despite him having two goals this week. Uh, I got to cross Horvath off my board here too. Um, I'm taking Malik Tillman in the fifth round. Malik Tillman scored both times uh, in both of his games this week. Um, he continues to put in impressive performances for Rangers. Um, it's hard to believe that he's still only 20 years old. There's such a bright future ahead of him. He has been an excellent player for Rangers all season. So Malik Tillman, well, again, I cannot believe he falls to the fourth to the fifth round and is still available for me to select here. 
Um, I thought for sure he would have been gone earlier. Well, for my fifth round pick, mm, this again, it keeps getting trickier and trickier. Um, These last few rounds get really, really difficult fast. I have like such a, I have such a long list of names. Um, I think that I am going to go ahead. I'm going to throw out um, Austin Trusty for my last pick. You got, you got one more left after this. Well, one, six, get one more after this. Awesome. I'm still going to take Austin Trusty. Um, I think that his, his goal this week was really beautiful. And I'm, again, I'm happy to see him on the score seat. Um, and I'd like to see his name up here more often. I think that he's a solid player and I think that I can see him doing great things. I think he's just, this is the start of something good. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I had trusty about going in the spot on my board. He's, he gets the game winner. Um, he did have an own goal earlier this week, which makes him sort of harder for him, uh, I, Matt's losing own goal, which makes it harder for me to sort of bump him up higher. But he has had a really good season this year in the championship, and he has been playing well. I think he's earned a U.S. call-up as soon as we get the chance to bring him into camp. Uh, hopefully here in March we get a chance to take a look at what he's got. Because, yeah, he's he's an exciting player. He's done a lot this season for Birmingham. Um, getting a win again is just another... Getting a match winner again is just another part of that excellent run of form. Okay, sixth pick. Ooh, there's a bunch of names that I have sitting together in that list. Austin Trusty was among them, but I think I would have uh, maybe selected a different name from you. And I'm going to, I think, take that name now. Let's go ahead and take Brian Reynolds from Westerlo. Um, Brian Reynolds has been quietly putting in excellent performances all season long for them. He was, the, by FOTMOB standards, man of the match for Westerlo in their match this weekend. Um, he's putting it together for uh, the Belgian side this year, and I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. It's a very sneaky name to sort of put in there, especially with other options, but I'm, I'm really happy with what I've seen from him. And there are other names that I think sort of falling out of this draft, it's really unfair to them that they don't get taken. But I'm going to take Reynolds here. It's a good pick. It's a very solid pick. With my final draft pick, I am going to go with Taylor Booth. That was the other name I was thinking of. <laughs> Beautiful snap from the fans, and he deserves a tap because he has been killing it so far. I personally want to see him make the World Cup squad. I personally think that he is a fantastic player, and if he continues the way he has been, I think he has got a very clear shot at making the U.S. Men's National Team squad coming up very soon. All right. I think that, yeah, he deserves a look here, too. He's been playing well for Utrecht, and I think he's not long for Utrecht. Speaking of a name that I think is going this summer, I think that Taylor Booth is going to make a move away because he's going to be in a very, very popular uh, position with teams looking to add to their midfield and wings uh, moving forward. All right, let's take a look at our list real quick. My six, my power ranking top six is Tim Ream, Chris Richards, Gio Reyna, Luca De La Torre, Malik Tillman, and Brian Reynolds. Ellie, yours is Tyler Adams, Valerian Balligan, Weston McKenney, Ethan Horvath, Austin Trusty, and Taylor Booth. Guys, make sure in the comments to tell us who you think has the better power rankings draft of the week. We'll have to post these on Twitter and everywhere, see what people think of them, and see uh, how this evolves over time. Let us know what you think of the format, too. I, I, this is, I think it's fun. I, I enjoy doing it this way. There's a lot to talk about here. Um, there's even some names that I think that we snubbed that I think you could mention. Um, 
everyone from Jordan Peefock to Joseph Scally, Eunice Musa, Mark McKenzie, Cameron Carter Vickers, Ricardo Pepe, Kevin Paredes, all don't make the list, but I think all of them could have made this list. Sebastian Soto. Sebastian Soto actually gets it. Yeah, his first, I don't think that I would have him anywhere near these guys right now. He is just playing his first match back in two years, but um, it's still, um, you know, there's still a lot of names that we have playing well in Europe. We're uh, in such a great position to have all of these names to talk about. So, Ellie, with that, let's go ahead and move on to the mailbag for our uh, Patreons. That'll be coming up at the end of this video if you are a Patreon subscriber. Uh, for everyone else, let's go ahead and wrap it up. That wraps up our coverage of everything going on in the world of U.S. soccer this week. What are your last words for everyone? Stay healthy, get some rest, make sure that you are taking care of yourself because it is going around. Stay warm, stay happy, and have a great week. Got some good vibes coming at us from Ellie. I'll echo those. Thank you, everyone, for uh, constantly, uh, your constant support of the podcast of the YouTube channel. It's just awesome that we get to do this every single week. I enjoy this. what has become a little bit of sibling bonding time for the two of us. We got a chance to watch the Leeds game over the Discord voice chat this morning. Had uh, um, Scoons join us uh, to watch the match with us. It was a lot of fun. So um, thank you to everyone for your support. Uh, make sure to subscribe for more updates from the channel make sure to join the discord the link is going to be down below follow us on twitter uh it's called soccer pod is the twitter account but we've also got my personal handle soccer nerd 73 and ellie's is gotten ellie with that have a great week everyone and we will catch you guys next time this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.